According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are commanded to defend the word of God, the context of the word of God, and the purity of the word of God. This is the defender of the word of God. Well, good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends. Tonight is Wednesday, January 3, 2018. Yes, I'm going to say that again. Yes, I did say it. It is January 3, 2018. And we, ladies and gentlemen, are in the new year. And so I pray that your celebration of this new year coming in has been phenomenal. I pray that it was glorious for you and that you've had yourself an excellent time. Now, we know that when new year comes around, that many of us make plans and we say we're going to get some resolutions together, some things we're going to do. Some of us are going to save more money. We're going to lose weight. We're going to put on some weight, we're going to exercise more, we're going to uh, be more uh, frugal with our spending, we're going to invest more, we're going to launch out and do new initiatives and do new businesses. And so we endeavor to do a lot of things when it comes to the new year. And we want to make changes uh, as to what we have experienced the year before. And so all of that's understandable. I have my goals as well, things that I want to do and things that I've already set in motion to do. But tonight we're going to talk about some of those changes. So if there was a title at all tonight and going into this new year, we would say that our title for the broadcast tonight is called The Change Has Come. I'm going to say that again. Tonight's broadcast will be titled The Change Has Come. Come. So what that means is that it has already taken place. The change has already happened. How many people know that when change occurs, a lot of times we don't want to get with the program? I can raise my hand for that. Why? Because the mind resists change. Behavior patterns resist change. But it's inevitable that change always always occurs. There's changes in the seasons, there's changes in times, there's changes in reality from what we know. So tonight we want to get into that. We're saying that the change has already come and so we need to know about it. So we want to thank you for joining us family and friends on The Defender. We are excited about the new year and about things that we are launching out to do. We're looking for some great things to happen and take place this year, and we definitely want you to be a part of what's going on. So thank you again. We want to say thank you to the Resilient Christian Radio Network for allowing us to come on a broadcast every Wednesday, uh, week after week, and just be able to pour out what God has put in our spirit. So tonight, let's open up with the word of prayer because we want to get right into this. We are at the desk again, and you know that when you come to the Defender, you need what? You need Bibles, you need paper, you need pencils, you need something to mark with. You know, even if you use your phone, you got to take some notes. You got to go back and revisit the things that you are recording because it's going to be for your benefit and for your edification. So let's open up with the word of prayer. Can we do that? Let's do that. Father, we thank you for 2018. We are proclaiming and saying that this year is a blessed year already. Father, we thank you that you will put us in place to where we will be able to be effective in where you've called us to be. We thank all the listening audience for tuning in tonight, God. We thank you that you will arrest any spirit that's contrary to you so that we can grow and be edified by the word you put in our spirit. We thank you for it. We give you all the glory and honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know, family and friends, that you are excited about 2018. 
So as we stated, we've been talking about the kingdom of God in our last few episodes. We talked about the kingdom of God and we laid out about what is the kingdom of God? Where is it? Uh, how do you find it? What does it consist of? How does it operate? We talked about that. And then in our last broadcast, we were also speaking about how uh, religion will kill you, but the kingdom will save you. So we discussed that. And so we're still in this same arena of speaking about the kingdom, but it's going a bit further. So tonight we're dealing with the changes that takes place when you enter into this reality. So our broadcast is called The Change Has Come. So it is already taking place. So we're going to pick up here, and we're going to open up our Bibles together, and we're going to talk about this thing that's called change. We're going to talk about it. So we're going to go to the, first, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10. I'm turning there. And just to give you a quick backdrop of this particular story, we're talking about a king, someone who was anointed king. And when he was anointed king, there was uh, the prophet who was actually holding the prophethood at that time, also operating as a judge in the land, anointed this individual to become the king. And so we're picking up this passage of scripture here. So let's read in 1 Samuel chapter 10. We're going to start at the beginning. I am reading from the King James Version of the Bible, okay? All right, so let's start there together, all right? We're in 1 Samuel, and we're in chapter 10, and we'll read it together, okay? Let's read. It says, Then Samuel, and Samuel is the prophet that's in the land at this time, he took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord have anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Now he is pouring oil on the head of a, a, a young man by the name of Saul who was anointed to be the captain of the Lord's inheritance. He was anointed to be king. So it says in verse 2, when thou art departed from me this day, basically when you leave from me this day, you're going to find two men by Rachel's sepulchre, and it's going to be in the border of Benjamin at Zelza, and they will say unto you, the asses which thou wentest to seek are found, they found the donkeys, they're found, because that's what he was, he was looking for his donkeys that had uh, been missing, he says, and lo, he said, your father has left you to care for them, and sorrow for you, saying, what shall I do for my son, so he said, listen, I want to know what I can do for my son, because I'm, I'm having sorrow right now. He said, listen, you shall go forward from there, and then you'll come to the plain of Tabor. And there you're going to meet three men, and they're going up to God to Bethel. Bethel was another word that means for the house of God. So I said, look, they're going up to Bethel, one carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. So there's going to be a special ceremony that's taking place. Anytime you got that taking place of the bread, the wine, you're talking about the consummation of the Spirit of God. What does that mean? That means you're talking about a place where there's going to be a memorial. There's going to be a remembrance. There's a special occasion that takes place in that. It's going to be a communion that's going to happen. All right? So it says that, and they will salute thee. And then they're going to give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. Verse 5, he says, after that, you're going to come to the hill of God, where's the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass when you are come thither to the city, basically when you get close to the city, you're going to meet a company of prophets. They're going to be coming down from the high place. So the prophets have been up in the high place. And they've been up worshiping. They've been up magnifying God. Said so they're going to have a psaltery and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them. Basically, they got their musical instruments. And so they're going to a place to worship God. It says they're coming down from the high place. So in this passage of Scripture, we understand that to worship God, these are individuals that's going up high in the spirit in order to worship God. It said, 
they have that before them. He said, then they're going to prophesy. And then verse 6, here it is. It says, and then, it says, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. Going to come upon you, Saul, and you're going to prophesy with them and shall be turned into another man. Did you get that? So when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you're going to speak as the prophet speaks, and you're going to be turned or you're going to be changed into another man. Verse 7 says, And let it be when these signs are coming to thee that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Basically saying, listen, God is with you. You're going to go up here, and you're going to meet these gentlemen going up to the, to the hill of God, and they're going to start speaking by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you, and you're going to be turned or you're going to be changed into another man. So the title of our broadcast, we're talking about change. Now, when an individual is changed or when change comes, there's a lot of words that take place when we talk about that. So we're going to go a bit further. Let's go into the book of Matthew here. Let's turn. All right, Matthew. I'm turning in my pages. You can turn in yours. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, and we're going to go to chapter 18. And this is just going to give us more of a backdrop of what we're talking about as we're saying being changed or that the change has come. See, we are in 2007, 2018. We're done with 17. So the change has already come. So we have got to be in a place to where we are focused and where we are going forward in what has already taken place. Now, there are several things that happen when changes come. This is going to give us a little bit more description about change. So let's look here in Matthew 18, in verse 1. It's talking about Jesus. He is basically dealing with his disciples, and they are wanting to know who's going to be who in the kingdom of heaven. So he's breaking it down to them. So in verse 18, it says, look, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That's just like us. We always want to know who's the greatest or what's my spot. Am I number one? Am I number two? We always want to know that. And then Jesus called a little child to him. And then he set him in the middle of them or in the midst. So here they are talking about who's the greatest. And Jesus go grab a little child and put him right in the middle of them. And then this is what he said in verse 3. He said, and said, verily I say unto you. Now, you know when you hear verily, that means truly I say unto you. He said, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Did you get that? Except you be converted. That's one of the main things that he said. Then he said, and become as a little child. So there was conversion that has to happen and then becoming as a child. Then he goes on to give us more description in verse 4. He says, whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Did you get that? So we're talking about the change. Many people go through changes, and change is not something that people like. These are two grown men talking to the Lord Jesus at this time. But he goes and grabs a little child and puts them in front of them and says that you are grown, you're an adult, you don't live a nice long life, but until you become like this little child that's before you, you won't know anything about entering into the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Now, that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes for what the Lord is saying. So then we must understand that conversion and humility go hand in hand when it comes to understanding and applying and having access to the kingdom of God. So when we say that, we know that to change 
has a lot of different significance. Now, one verse we read here says converted. Now, when something is converted, here is the definition of converted. It says to cause, to change in the form, in the character, or the function. Basically, to change means to be converted, and it means that you're going to change in the form of something, in the character of something, or the function. Now, remember, we read there in the book of Samuel that the Lord said to Samuel, or the prophet said, when the Spirit of the Lord come on you, you're going to be changed into another man. So he's basically saying that you're going to be converted. Something's going to happen to you, and you're going to change either in your form, in your character, or in your function. We see here that he changed into a different function because he still had the same form of himself. He still was in the same character, but his function changed because it says you're going to prophesy with them and you're going to be turned into another man. So he was converted at this instance. Now, another thing with a change, we hear people say you change or you turn, or you transform, or you metamorphose, transfigure, transmute. All of these things are different words to describe the change that is taking place. So we read here a bit more, and we're talking about change. Now, in this passage, the Lord set the small child in front of them. So what do we understand about this? Number one, we understand that children are easily converted. As we are changed by God, we must become as a child before him to get into the virtues of the kingdom of heaven. Did you get that? I'm going to say that again. Children are easily converted. As we are changed by God, we must become as a child before him to get into the virtues of the kingdom of heaven. And number two is greatness comes with humility. Because he said you're going to be converted and then you got to walk in humility as a child. And he said that's the greatest person. So we understand that today that with this change, with this transformation that we're going through, we got to learn how to be humble in our spirit to receive what God wants us to receive. Now, transform is another powerful word. And the definition under that means you're going to make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character of. So it's basically giving you more and, and more, of the, more of the same thing as what we talked about when we read the word that talked about being converted. So they mean a lot of the same things. So to transform means you're going to alter, you're going to convert. These are things that all mean that a change has come. So let's turn to another scripture here, and we're going to understand this a bit more when we're talking about this change. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 22. And this is a very, very powerful scripture. Luke 22, and we're going to read, let's start in verse 31. Luke 22 and 31. Now here is the Lord talking to one of his disciples. He's talking to Simon. And he is having a discourse with him. And so he's breaking some things down to him and he's giving him an understanding about what's happening in his life. So are you there yet? Let's get there, okay? We're at 22 and we're at verse 31. I'm flipping in my pages. I think I'm almost there. Okay, I'm there. So this is Jesus. He's talking, still they're talking about the greater. Now he was talking about who is going to be greatest among you. When they begin to talk about the child, he's still making reference to it again over here. So in verse 26, let's get a bit of a backdrop. He says, but you should not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger 
and he that is chief as he that does serve. So what is he basically saying? He's saying the same thing that he just said a minute ago. If you want to get changed, if you want to be turned into another person, you've got to walk in this spirit of humility. So he said, listen, I want you to be like the chief one that serves. I want you to be like the younger one. Don't put yourself out in the front, but go in the back. And in verse 27, he says, For whether is greater he that sits at meat or he that serves, it's not he that sit at meat, but I am among you as he that serves. Basically, Jesus is sitting here telling them to listen. I'm, I'm one with the leadership. I am walking with God. I'm God in the flesh. But even though I'm God in the flesh, I came to be a servant unto humanity. And this is what he's telling us, that we got to do the same thing. This is what it means to be converted. In verse 28, he says, You are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I point you unto a kingdom. There he is saying that word again. He's appointing to us, meaning he has already designated a place. The change has already come. I've given you a kingdom as my father has appointed unto me. Why? That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 31, here is the key here. Then he said, it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But, verse 32, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So there is that word converted again. Do you see that? So he's basically saying when you are changed, when the change comes in your spirit, then you are to go and strengthen those that are your brothers. And, and notice Jesus said, listen, he said, no, I prayed for you. He didn't say he did a miracle to take it out the way. He said, but I prayed for you that your faith won't fail. So what's that telling you and me? That's telling us that we got to exercise our faith in the place of being changed. Did you get that? We have to exercise our own faith that our own faith won't fail so that we can fully be converted and be able to strengthen others. So let's go on here. We're going to pick up another one here in James chapter 5. James chapter 5. We're dealing with the change that has come and learning more and more about what does it mean when we talk about this change. So in James chapter 5, let's go there. James chapter 5. We're going to read verse 19, okay? We're starting at verse 19, and this is another passage that's talking about the same thing. He says, brethren, he says, brethren, look, he said, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, there's that word again, convert, and one convert him, verse 20 says, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Did you get that? So there we understand that the conversion happens to keep you away from walking away from the truth. The conversion happens because you're going one way, but when you get a change in your spirit, when you get a transformative power that comes into your spirit, you're able to walk in the way of life and walk away from the ways of death. Because it says, let him know that if he converts the sinner from the error of his way, what has happened? He saved the soul from death. And also, not only that, but it's going to hide a multitude of sins. So the conversion is a covering that happens to you and me, family and friends. So we understand that, number one, 
when we read that scripture that talked about the enemy that Satan was desiring to have Simon, we understand that the desire of the world is to separate you from God. That's the whole desire of the world. Everything that we see on a day-to-day -day basis that's bombarded on media, media social outlets and things like that, the majority of these things, the driving force behind it is to separate you from God. So, hence, we understand that sifting to make us like Peter err from the truth, that's what is trying to happen. That's what is trying to take place, is trying to separate, sift. That's what is taking place. So, number two, we understand that once you have been converted to the right way, you are then able to strengthen your brothers. So these words that we talked about change is very powerful. Let's turn over again. We're going to go over to another one here. Let's go over from Acts and let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And this is a very, passage, a very powerful passage of Scripture. It says here in the King James Version, it says, listen, and we're going to take this up a little bit further because we always want to get a proper context when we're coming up with a specific conclusion. So we understand so far we've dealt with change and we've dealt with change and it meaning to be converted. We understand that. But not only that, meaning converted, meaning there is a transforming that takes place. You know how the Transformers, I know many have seen the movies, they start out in one, in one particular thing as a car or a truck but truly within that, they branch out and they start coming out with different parts and forms and they transform into something else. So that's what that means. It's saying transform. You can think of it like that. So we understand that when the Spirit of God comes on you and me, or when he comes into our spirit, there is a change, a transformative change that takes place inside of our spirit. And this is going to give us a little bit more description on it as we look at Romans. And we're looking at Romans and we are in chapter 12. Are you there? All right, you're in Romans chapter 12. Okay, let's take it up and we're going to start right at the beginning because we're only reading two verses from there. So Romans 12. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. So he's basically pleading with you and me. He says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, that's powerful all in itself. Then verse 2, this is where we are. He says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So then there's a process that takes place with that. Did you get that? That there is a process that takes place when you present yourself as a living sacrifice. And so for this year, what things have you had in your life that you've left on the table unattended? I'm going to say that again. What things in your life have you left on the table unattended? This is a new year. This is 2018, so we cannot continue to repeat the mistakes of yesterday. We can't continue to repeat the things of the past that brought no fruit into our life. What does that mean? That means that relationships that are not healthy, you got to learn to cut them off. That's right. I'm going to say that again. Relationships that are unhealthy, you've got to cut them off. Because a change has already come. You want to see something different this year than you did last year. If you're in toxic environments, you got to get into a place to where there are healthy environments. 
And that could be anywhere. That could be in the home life. That could be in your work environment. That could be in a place where you worship, where you fellowship, where you spend most of your time. You and I, family and friends, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot suffer ourselves to be in toxic environments where it's polluting the very change that is taking place inside of our spirit. We've got to find a way out. Did you get that? We've got to find a way out. And see, this is all because there has been something very powerful that's taking place with you and me. When we come into the family of God, there is a transformative power that has now taken place inside you and me. There is something that has happened to us that cannot be merely explained. And I'll tell you what that is. It means that you and I, when we come into the family of God and when we get born anew into this family of God, we've got something that is called the God gene. Now, I'm going to say that again, and I preface that. I'm not saying that, let me make a disclaimer. I'm not saying that you are gods and let's not even get wild with it. I'm talking about genes. I'm talking about being gened, having the DNA of your father. That's what I'm saying. The God gene is now in your spirit. So we understand that by this. And the scripture says, it's not by the works of righteousness we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It says, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Did you get that? Now I know that that, that that speaks a lot right there. That speaks a lot right there. That's basically telling you and me that we have been regened, that we have been regenerated and that has the transformative power has taken place in our spirit. And this is what we want for this year and for the years to follow. The change has come. So we want to go forward with what has already been changed in us. And that is because we have been dropped a God gene inside of our spirit. Now, the Oxford Dictionary says that genes has to do with biology. And in the definition there, it says, it is a unit of heredity which is transferred from a parent to the offspring and is held to determine some characteristic of the offspring. Now note when we said in the beginning that to change something means to you're going to alter something in its form in its character, or in its function. So we understand that the gene that we have now, the God gene that now lives inside of our spirit, it says that it's a unit of heredity which is transferred from a parent. Who is the parent? The parent is God himself. See that? When we become born anew, our parent then becomes God himself, which is a spirit. And it says that the unit of heredity, which is transferred from a parent to offspring, and that's us, you and me, family and friends, ladies and gentlemen, we then become the offspring or we become the children of 
God. We become like our parents. And then it says, and it is held to determine some characteristic of the offspring. So what does that mean for you and me? Basically, in the simplest terms, it means that the genes or the characteristics that is in God, when we become born from him, we carry the same genes and the same characteristics of God. Did you get that? So this is what happens in our spirit. So number one, we got to understand that the renewing of the mind is our job and not the Lord's. I'm going to say that one more time. you got to hear that. The renewing of the mind is your job. It's my job. It's not the Lord's job. See, that, that gives away the excuse that, oh, God's just going to do everything, and all we got to do is, you know, just sit and wait, and, you know, everything is going to happen the way it needs to happen when we get born again. No, that's not the way that it works. You, ladies and gentlemen, me, we have to renew our mind. That is our job. You get that? This is where a lot of people of God fall and they fail to recognize that this is the work that you and I have to do. When this change has come, you and I have got to be adamant about renewing our mind. It says renew your mind. That's your job. That's my job. And that's where many of us fail. So number two, we understand that we must regenerate or regene our mind with the mind of God. Did you get that? It says that in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which, also, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, how are you going to let this mind be in you? How can you do that? Well, we know that your mind is in the realm of your soul, and your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. So what is that telling us? To have this mind that's in Christ to be in us, we have to renew it. So let's look at that word renew, the definition of renew. Number one, it says, first of all, it's a transitive verb. And number one, it says to make like new. It says to restore to freshness, vigor, or perfection, just like you renewing your strength in sleep. Number two, it says to make new spiritually, or that word over here is regenerate. And we just talked about those things. So we understand that, listen, this is the power of God in our spirit. And what God has allowed us to do is to be in cooperation with him, in having our mind renewed, having our faith renewed. It's a new year. It's 2018. And there is no way that you and I need to continue in 2018 where we were in 2017, especially if it has not brought the type of fruit that we want in our life. So let's turn here. We're going to go to Titus chapter 3, verse 5. And I've read this scripture in full detail, but we're going to look at it again because I really want you to have an understanding of what we mean. So let's go again. Titus chapter 3. Let's go there. All right. I'm turning in my pages to Titus chapter 3. And let's see what it says. I read that scripture, but I never gave you the scripture where it was. So here we are. We want to understand exactly what we're reading and while we're reading what we're reading. What does it mean and what is it saying? So let's look here. Titus chapter 3. Let me know when you're there. I think I can hear you saying you're there. All right. So Titus chapter 3. Now let's look at this. Let's start in verse 4. It says, But after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Now here we go. We read that. Not by the works of righteousness which we have done. So first of all, understand that 
your gift that you have been given to walk in this place of being regenerated, to being regened with the mind of God, to being uh, in a place where you have his spirit to now be embodied in you. It wasn't by your works that did it. It wasn't by my works that did it. None of that. It was by his mercy. You see that? It says, but according to his mercy, he saved us. We didn't save ourselves. He saved us. How did he do it? By the washing of regeneration. You see that? That's, that's some very powerful uh, information right there. He did it by the washing of regeneration. That is the first step. So that's the step that says, I'm going to the altar, I'm getting saved, or I'm in a cell somewhere, and I can't take it no more, and I'm giving up my life, and God, I want you to live in me. That's the washing of regeneration. That's admitting and confessing that we are sinners and that we need his saving grace. We need to be redeemed by God. When you get to that place, that's when the salvation takes place. But it doesn't stop there. He said, by his mercy, he saved us. By what? The washing of regeneration. And then number two says, and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So we talk about the renewing of the mind. We renew our mind by washing ourselves in the, in the mercies of God through regeneration and by his spirit that gives us new life. It makes us fresh again. It gives us a new thought life. Do you see that? So the change has already come. It says, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So listen, we've already got the full package. It's already been given to us. We don't have to look any further. We have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. So in verse 5, it said, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that you affirm constantly. It says what? You and me, those that have believed in God, might be what? Careful to maintain good works. See, that's, we can't skip over stuff. It says be careful to maintain good works. The only way, family and friends, that you and I are going to be able to maintain the good works is to continually be renewed in our mind. And that's work that you and I have to do. It's no magic formula for that. It's no... Uh, all of a sudden, it just appears and happens. No, 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 that does not happen. It is by diligent application in this kingdom regeneration that we're talking about. So this is what we mean when we say the God gene. The God gene has been given to you and me in the person of Jesus Christ by our acceptance of his birth, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That is the full gamut of accepting the fullness of what God did for us. And then on our part, on this end, we got to continually wash ourselves in his word, wash ourselves by the renewing of our mind. You see that. You see, transformation and transforming, that takes work. Conversion takes work. Regeneration takes work. It's not anything that just happens by chance. You have to activate your faith, exercise your faith to get it, and you got to exercise your faith to hold it. See, in Psalm 19 and 7, it talks about it a little bit more. And I'm going to turn there. Psalm 19 and verse 7. Psalm 19 and 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. There's that word again. Converting the soul or changing the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So we see those are changes that's taking place right there. That's transformation taking place. If you don't have wisdom and you're simple, but the converting of your soul will make you wise. 
It will give you wisdom. Do you see that? Converting the soul, making wise the simple. So we understand that the God gene that has been granted to us, that has made the change take place already. 2018 is a very significant and powerful year. More than anything, you and I, family and friends, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to operate out of a place of exercising our spirit day in and day out. We're going to have to learn how to use the muscles in our spirit to be able to walk in this kingdom atmosphere, in the kingdom dynamic that God wants us to walk in. Now, we've been talking about the kingdom of God for the last several broadcasts. And as we stated before, the kingdom is a process that you must go through. It's not something that happened just on one Sunday service somewhere. And all of a sudden, I got the kingdom, I'm in the kingdom, and I'm living fully in the kingdom. No, it is a continual process. Everybody, no matter how far they are along in their life, spiritually speaking, is walking out precepts in the kingdom of God. There are so many levels and so many places, dimensions, and spheres in the kingdom of God. It can never be exhausted because God is cannot be exhausted because he's infinite, he's omnipresent, and he's omniscient. What does all that terminology mean? It just means that God is forever. That's really all it means. And so this journey that you and I are on, it will be forever. Did you get that? So we need to understand the basic, simple things, the foundational things of how to get into this place. And once we are into this place, we got to know how to stay in this place. And we do that by continually renewing our mind. We do it by continually washing ourselves in the word, I'm telling you, family and friends, none of us that has any fruit in our life at all would be where we are if it wasn't for a continual plowing with this word in our spirit. I'm telling you, there are no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. If someone is telling you that there are shortcuts, I'm emphatically stating to you that they are not leading you right and they're telling you a falsehood. There are no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. It's just, it just does not exist. Believe me, I look for them. <laughs> I'm telling you, I tried to find them, but there are no shortcuts. When you come into this life, this kingdom life, this dimension of living, it's going to take everything that you got to live here. Everything that you got, and you're going to have to acquire skill sets. You're going to have to acquire more assets in the kingdom in order to live in this realm. Now, it's already been laid out for us, but we got to diligently pursue it. Did you get that? That means that we got to continuously go after it, which means that nothing is coming just as a drop out the sky and just landing on you just because. You have to pursue. It says that by much tribulation we enter into the kingdom of God. So we've got to continue family and friends, to press on in this area of the kingdom. You know, I wish that I had been exposed to the things of the kingdom at a much earlier age. I would have loved to have had that, but I can't take back any of the experiences that I've had, and I can't redo any of the things that I've done or been through, that I've learned through or gone through, and as a matter of fact, it's made me and everybody else where you stand has made you who you are today. But I'm telling you, this message of the kingdom, this place called the kingdom of God, it is revolutionary. It will change the way you think about everything. It will change the way you think, the way you act, the way you behave. It will change your inner being because it is something that's going on on the deep recesses of the inside of your spirit. So this is what we mean when we say the change has come. The change has come. 2018 is already here. We're already in it. So we should already have been prepared for what we want to see manifest in our life this year. So I say that 
to encourage you and to let you know that this kingdom walk, this kingdom walk is not for people that want to quit. Did you get that? The kingdom walk is not for people that want to quit. Many people speak about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom life, living the kingdom, and they throw this word around. I pray that I don't throw this word around casually like I hear some people doing it because some throw it around as if it's just casual conversation, and it's really not. It's not casual because it's an invisible reality. Did you get that? How can you make something that's invisible casual? You can't do that. The kingdom of God is an invisible reality. It's invisible in its existence, but you can see it in the natural. How? You see it by the outworking of it in the lives of individuals who are living in the presence of this kingdom dynamic. Did you get that? So the kingdom of God is a very powerful place. It is a realm where there are so many different things that exist for you and me that we've got to be able to tap into them. But in order to get there, for one, you've got to erase yourself, let yourself become blank, and let God himself write the kingdom agenda on your spirit. Did you get that? Sometimes you got to hit the default button. Sometimes you got to hit the uh, edit button. Sometimes you got to delete. Sometimes you got to erase a file in your mind. You got to erase a file in your spirit and allow a new download to come through. Allow a new database to be uploaded to your spirit. You understand that? This is what we mean when we're talking about the kingdom of God. It's an invisible, visible reality. I'm going to say that again. It's an invisible, visible reality. And this is why it's difficult to try to explain it with regular modern terminology. Because the kingdom is internal. We talked about on one of our prior broadcasts, one before, said that Jesus said in Luke 17 and 21, he said, the kingdom of God is within you. Well, if it's within me, now we can't see inside ourselves. We don't see it. But there's manifestation or the things that are inside of us are made known by how we behave and how we think. Did you get that? What's in us is made known by how we behave and how we think. All of these things are an indication of what's lying dormant inside of our spirit. So this is why we have to have the God gene inside of us in order for him to make way for himself. Did you get that? God is trying to make way for himself inside of you. And that's really all he wants to do. You see, carrying this God gene is having a great dispenser inside our spirit. And that's what God is wanting to do. He's wanting to turn on the tap and dispense himself into our spirit. As much as we would allow and as much as we can take, he will open up the tap and pour himself into us. See, that's God's administration. Did you get that? That's God's economy. That's his structure. That's the way his infrastructure is built, is that he wants to come on the inside and change or transform or alter you and I in our spirit, and then that's where we get the power to transform. Did you get that? Once his spirit is in us, that's when we get the power to transform, to transmute, to transfigure. That's when our character can change. That's when our appearance can change. And that's when our functionality can change. So, we're understanding tonight, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, that to carry the genes of God is what it means to be regenerated. 
We understand that to be regenerated means to be converted. We understand that it means to be transformed. And this is a continual process that you and I will go through for the remainder of our life. Think about it. You start out as an infant, or you start out even more than that, a, a cell. Then you go to embryo. Then you come out, you know, as an infant. Then you go through stages of infancy. You have to be fed. You have to be taken care of. Then you come to where you get some independence. You begin to crawl. And then your crawling starts coming to walking. And then your walking comes to running. And these are the natural courses of life. So process, change, conversion, transformation, all of these words should not be foreign to you and me because it happens all the time. What we have to do, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, is begin to embrace the change. Did you get that? You and I have got to learn to embrace the change because as we've seen already, the change has already come. It has already come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ embodied in our spirit. So, you and I, what do we do? We are not conformed to the world, but we be transformed or be changed by the renewing of our mind. More than anything, people, we've got to take the responsibility to do the renewing ourselves. Now, the power of that's in the renewing is already in his spirit, in his word. That's already there. It's just like the word of God is like that shower. And when we're out in the world and when we get muddied up and dirtied up by the world, we need to come in and cleanse ourselves and get washed under the shower of God. That's what his word does for us. That's how we renew our mind. We all must do that on a day-to-day basis. And when we do that, just like it said in that scripture of Luke 22, once you have been converted, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen the people of God. Strengthen the people you work with. Strengthen the people that is in your family. Strengthen the people that is in your circle. Strengthen the people that are subordinates to you. Strengthen the people that are superiors to you. Strengthen the people in your church family. Strengthen the people that are walking side by side you. But that only happens when you yourself are converted, when you yourself are changed, when you yourself has been transformed. Did you get that? So listen, I pray that our presentation tonight has given you a little bit more insight about what it means to be changed, what it means to be converted, what it means to be transformed. And all of this has to do with carrying the God gene inside of your spirit. So we pray tonight as we starting out this new year, we are looking for some incredible things to happen. But my encouragement to you, family and friends, is to go deep within. Go deep inside your own being. Before you start to look at what you're going to do on the outside or before you and I begin to look at how we want this individual to change, that individual to change, before we do that, before we point any finger, let us look and see if we are being converted on the inside ourselves. Can you agree to that? Let's let that be. It, we don't even have to make it a resolution. Let's just let it be a way of life. Let us reflect and be mindful that if there's any change that has to take place, the change has got to start with the person we see when we look in the mirror. Did you get that? So what I'm saying to you is change starts with you. My name is James Fox. This is a Defender. We are on 
every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We pray that you have been blessed tonight and that you have been empowered and equipped tonight. We will see you again as we launch out into this new year. Thanks for watching with us. Thanks for studying with us. Thanks for listening with us. We want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Have yourself a wonderful night. We'll see you again soon. God bless The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inerrant and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give this counsel as pertains to what he has revealed in his word. Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyright by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.